Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. It missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just un... Like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Neil, and Neil is actually a returning guest from Season 11, Episode 6, The Lights Keep Returning. And I always say to guests that if something weird continues to happen, get in touch with me. And Neil has done just that because his little property is full of really, really interesting activity. So I'm really glad that he's decided to come back to the show. So Neil, welcome back to the Believe Podcast. Great. Thanks for having me back, Kate. It's great to have you back, mate. Your your property is really full of weird activity because there was a whole bunch of stuff that we really didn't even get to touch on the the first time that you were on the podcast, which was kind of related to some yaoi activity and, and stuff like that. So let's let's maybe kick off there because I am always down for a good yaoi story and your property seems like there might be one kind of around the area. Well, I've tried to find um, out if there's a clever man in town, and I've asked a few of the local uh, Indigenous folk, and I can't seem to find one. So um, I don't really know um, anything about the uh, Indigenous laws or superstitions or facts around here, so um, I struck out there. But um, no, I mean, it all started with a trail cam. We've been setting a trail cam up uh, up the back of the property, which backs onto a national park, I'll just, I'll just add. And um, we set the trail cam up during the drought to um, water and feed the kangaroos and the wallabies, you know, because it was terrible drought. 
And uh, whenever cats or foxes turn up, we usually put a bit of tuna uh, in the trap and try to trap them because we're big fans of the native animals. So we've been doing it for oh, probably three or four years now. Every night I'll just take up a few apples and pears and and there's water up there in an old sink that runs off the uh, rainwater, runs off the old shed up there. So we set up the, the camera every night and we walk the dogs. And um, checking the camera one morning, um, the missus goes, oh, what's this? So I looked at it, and bugger me, if it wasn't an orb, if it wasn't a min-min light. Now, it couldn't be anything else. Now, I put it up on a Facebook page to say, you know, what do people think of this? And I think I sent it to, oh, I can't forget, I forget his name. Um, he's, he's a UFO bloke. I listened to a podcast of him. He was talking about orbs and stuff. It might come to me later. Um, but I sent it to him and he said, fascinating. So anyway, um, you get to get your detractors, which is fine, you know. You can't believe everything you, you see or hear. And this one bloke was trying to tell me that it was lens flare. And I'll tell you for free, it wasn't lens flare because, like I said, for years we've been putting this camera up there and it couldn't be moonlight, it couldn't be spotlights, it couldn't be house lights, it can't be car lights, it can't be anything but an orb or a min-min light, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, this it turned up. Now, it turned up one night, and then the next night it didn't turn up, and then it turned up again the night after that. And I thought, right, I said, um, I'm going to see if I can actually see this thing. So one evening, I went up the back. It was well past dusk. It was almost dark. It was like uh, you could only see sort of like about... The, as much light as a full moon. Anyway, so I'm up there and I'm setting the camera up and uh, we've got a creek run through the property that runs up into the National Park. And up, it takes about 45 minutes to get up to these waterfalls. And I suppose it's about a kilometre. Now, up there, the, the canyons are about... They're not really that far apart. So if you give a cooey for an echo, you only get sort of... You're lucky to get one back, you know. It's not a big deal. So anyway, I'm up there and I could hear this bellowing and whooping and howling up the National Park, which is probably about, about a kilometre away. And it was bouncing off the canyon walls like it was loud. And I've never heard anything like it. Like, I'm pretty familiar with... the sounds of the bush, you know, foxes, possums, mooses, or not moose, deer and that roaring and and uh, everything like that. And this is something I'd never heard before and it was whooping and roaring and like roaring for a long time too. It wasn't just like a roar, it was like a roar. It really went off. So I thought, Jesus Christ, what is this? So I listened for about five minutes, I reckon, before I got the willies. It really started to freak me out. To the, so much to the stage that all the hair in the back of my my neck come flying up and I, my legs got all wobbly and I went, bugger this, I'm going back home. So I went back home and I didn't, like, I didn't sort of, like, register that it could be a hairy man or anything like that, you know, and I had my bloody phone in my pocket but it's like those stories where people say, did you think to take a photo? No, I didn't think. I didn't think to record it. It just never crossed my mind, you know. I was just fully on intent on listening to this. 
And um, I didn't really even think of Yowie at the time, you know. It never really occurred to me. So then the next morning, I'd take the dogs for a walk every morning up to the back fence and back. And um, walking up to the back fence and this overpowering smell of burnt toast. Now, the neighbours, if they, they could burn a whole loaf of toast in the morning and they're that far away, I wouldn't smell it. No one was camping nearby, nothing like that. I was looking around for, you know, maybe sort of mushrooms had popped up that were given off the odour or fungi or something like that. There was nothing. And this smell was, like people say, overpowering. And it was almost overpowering. It almost made you sick. It was just like a burnt toast smell. And um, the dogs were really nervous. Normally, my, I've got a Kelpie and a Jack Russell. Normally, the Kelpie's sort of like 50 yards ahead of me, smelling where the foxes and rabbits and stuff have been overnight. Well, she was clinging to my leg. She, she didn't want a bar of what was going on. And the little Jack Russell, she was trying to jump into my arms. She was jumping up and jumping up and jumping up. And once again, I never clicked in, uh, about being a yowie or anything like that. So anyway, walked up the back fence and back again. And then the next morning, same deal. The smell was there again. And I was just like, what is this smell? So I, I couldn't work it out. I couldn't work it out. And then I don't know what to, when the penny dropped, but I thought, maybe that what I heard up the National Park was a yearly. So I thought, I better see if I can get onto the internet and find out what they sound like. So I got onto one of your podcasts, where um, this bloke was getting hassled in his camp by one, in his kids in the car, I think it was, and bugger me, if it wasn't burnt toast, could he smell? Well, you could have knocked me over with a feather when I heard that. And then I listened to some recordings from, oh, it might have been the, the hinterland up beyond Brisbane or somewhere like that, and um, it was exactly what I'd heard up in the National Park, and I was like, holy shit, maybe I've got a yowie around the place, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then I started listening to more podcasts and stuff like that, and apparently they turn up when the orbs turn up, and um, uh, the smell of the burnt toast, and the whooping and the roaring and the howling up the, up the National Park, it, uh, it really got me thinking, you know? Yeah, mate, it's, it is all the, the trademark signs of a Yowie because the, the whooping, the smell, and it's, it's really funny. You know, the, some people say it's like a, a burnt electric smell. Some people say it's like a, like the toast smell. And I, I wonder why that, that kind of happens. I wonder what kind of, makes them give off that smell like i don't know what it is maybe it's like a, a territorial thing um but yeah then and then you get the the next level of kind of like high strangeness with it is the the orbs showing up on the property because you'll be surprised at how many people experience orbs when there's yowies around yeah so, so i'm led to believe and um I, I ran to the neighbours over the um, over the fence oh, probably a couple of weeks later and I was telling them all about it and I showed them the photo of the orb on my phone and that I'd taken it off the computer. And the missus uh, of my neighbours was really relieved. She said, oh, God, you've got a picture of one. She said, I saw it up here about a week ago and nobody, I went home and told them all and no one believed me. 
and uh, she'd seen the orb buzzing through the trees that border our property. So uh, that was quite an eye-opener for me as well. That is. I mean, have you ever thought of asking her if she's heard, like, yowie activity going on? Well, I was talking to them, like, um, I, I, I was giving them the rundown, telling them what I'd heard and, and the smell of burnt toast and what I'd heard on your podcast and everything like that. And I'd expected, you know, guffuff, guffuff, you know, ha, 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 you're an idiot. But um, strangely enough, this bloke, he said, well, you know, most of the, most of the uh, continent hasn't been explored, so we just don't know what's out there. And I was like, oh, well, that's a fair enough comment, you know. Because I was telling some people at a debutante ball at around the dinner table what was going on, and then you know you get your dickhead that's going, oh, you saw, you thought, you saw a yowie, did you? You know, so everyone around could hear. You know, so you're always going to get wankers like that. But um, no, the neighbour was pretty cool about it. All he didn't think I was bonkers at all. That's fantastic because you know they sound so open-minded already. Because to to be pretty open and say, hey, yeah, I saw some kind of orb thing floating around. That's you know, you've got to be pretty far out to, to come forward and admit that type of stuff. And the the fact that you captured it on, on your uh, your trail cameras, which I think is fantastic because I'm always really skeptical about orb pictures, but the, the ones that you got, they they genuinely look like orbs, you know, like you can't confuse them for bugs or or anything like that. These things are these like little kind of self-contained balls of light. They're not they don't glow out to a ridiculous amount that make you think maybe it's reflecting off something. They're definitely not lens flares because I get sent bloody hundreds of emails a week with lens flares pictures and uh yours yours isn't a lens flare. Lens flare. It's a genuine orb, I think. Well, I mean, and what you can see in the photos as well is they've, they've sort of like got a light signature where you can see that the little one, which was the second lot that turned up, the, the the little one of the orb, you can see where it's moving off to the left. It's sort of like leaving a little bit of light behind. And, and, the, and the first one that turned up, the one that's right up close to the lens, you can see that it's actually spinning. You know, and I tried to get the trail cam on video and um, put it on the video setting and everything like that. And um, we got some pictures on it. I don't know if it was for morbs or just kangaroos or whatever, but we put it in the computer and we just couldn't get it to work, you know. I couldn't get the the card to play the videos because I'm not very computer literate. I'm a bit of a Luddite and so is the missus, you know. But, um, yeah, but uh, if you're... If you play them in the gallery, you can see the like picture after picture after picture. You can see it moving around, you know. So uh, yeah, but the light signature on it, I find the fascinating bit. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's some really interesting captures that you've got there, Neil. And um, I mean, if it's okay with you, I'd love to share them with the the listeners of the podcast. Yeah, go for your life. And um, like I said in the in, in the email. Um, take no notice of the time stamp on it it's just that i didn't bother to set the time and the date last time i changed the batteries you know so it says 2015 on it you know but um obviously it uh it only happened last week so so don't take any notice of the time stamp if you're going to put them up sort of thing so mate i have to i have to ask have you been having any more unusual activity in the in the sense of yowies because 
to to hear those roars, that would have been pretty terrifying because I always say to people who have these encounters and they have, um, you know, like an, an audible experience with these types of creatures that there's nothing really in the bush that does that here in Australia. Like, we, we don't have bears, we don't have cougars. There's there's nothing really like that out there that can make something of that volume. What what was going through your mind when you heard that type of stuff? Well, I was just trying to work it out. I mean, like, I wasn't thinking Yowie at the time. It sort of, like, it never crossed my mind. And I was just, I was listening to it and listening to it. And I was running through all the animals in my head, you know, because I've, I've, I've watched big kangaroos fighting and grunting and snorting and farting and carrying on and it just did not sound like anything I'd ever heard, you know, and and in the end, when I realised that I did not know what it was, it really it started to freak me out and, I, and I'm not ashamed to say I got scared, you know, I was dead set for, you know, bugger this, I'm, I'm gone, I'm out of here and uh, went back in, went back down into the house, you know. Yeah, I don't blame you. I would do the same. I would do the same. You know, if there's this gigantic sounding thing out there that you you don't know what it is, it's roaring and it's echoing through a valley that, you know, doesn't really echo that well, it's, it's got to be something pretty big to, to make that noise. Well, it had to be because, like, you could hear it. It was bouncing off the canyon and it was, like, bouncing up the canyon. It was The echo was going further and further away as it just kept going bounce, 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 you know. And it would have had to have been so loud to do that up there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something that would probably make me a little bit cautious about kind of being on those those fringe areas of the property because you just you just don't know what these these creatures are capable of. You know, people go missing all the time, and it, the the worst case scenario is you go missing on your own property. I think that's a bit of a terrifying thought now that I kind of put that out in the open. Oh, oh well, that just put the kibosh on the missus listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, have you have you noticed, like, any other kind of activity relating to, like, Yowies? Like, you haven't seen tree structures or, like, tree breaks, anything like that in the area? And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Not really. I've, I've, I've gone, I've walked into the National Park and I've had a look for um, for tree breaks and, and, and the crosses that they leave and stuff like that and... Uh, but no, I, I, I didn't come across anything. And, um, I mean, there's a few saplings that are all bent over and everything like that, but um, that's, they're just saplings that died from the drought, you know. People put them up 
I've seen people put them up on Facebook and say, ooh, is he, you know, yowie activity, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, it's just saplings that die during the drought, you know, and they just bend over, you know, when they die. But um, no, there's been no tree breaks or, or anything like that. Um, one weird thing happened the other, no, other, other morning, it was only two mornings ago, we just had some rain up here and um, I was taking the dogs up the back fence as I do every morning and I was just standing there and I was looking at this big pine tree that's just on the other side of the fence and the bottom third of it is all the branches are dead because like the top two thirds, it's fine, it's a healthy tree but the bottom third branches are dead and they're big branches, they're about the size of your arm, you know. And I'm just standing there looking at it and as I'm looking at it, it just shook as if, some, some, as if somebody had hit it, and all the rain just dropped off it, just like that. And there was nothing around. Nothing. A, a, a stick couldn't have fallen on it or anything like that. There wasn't a sound. The thing just rattled for absolutely no reason. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that quite a bit lately. That was pretty... How big was the tree? Oh, 20 metres. It was a big tree. And, and like, a fairly girthy type of tree? Yeah, but not big enough for, for anything to, to hide behind. And I even sort of, like, took a few steps to the right to make sure that there was nothing behind it, you know. But there was absolutely nothing there. But there was absolutely no reason why this branch would have shaken the way that it did. It was really weird. Yeah, it's... uh. It kind of puts you on high alert, you know, with everything that's already kind of going on on your property, to to have something kind of weird like that happen would just kind of kind of have you on your toes a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, like the dogs weren't freaking out; they were all, they were acting pretty normal. The, the kelpie was ahead of me on the other side of the fence, running around sniffing out the, where the foxes had been and stuff. They weren't freaking out at all, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was just just one of those things that. It just stands out as weird and unexplainable. Like, another one that happened, I was walking the dogs with Mrs. in the orchard um, just before dinner one night, and the sun had gone down. It was like 20 minutes under the horizon, and um, we're walking around, and I was just, for some reason, I just looked up, and I was just looking in between these two trees at the front of the orchard, and then out of nowhere, like, like a rocket, there was this, bright yellow light it wasn't a orb or a min min it was just it was a flat light it was about two foot long it was about six inches wide and it just went like a bat out of hell in between these two trees and disappeared as it went in between those two trees it didn't keep going it got in between those two trees and then just disappeared and the missus was standing right next to me and i was she didn't see it because she wasn't looking up there but as soon as I as I saw it, I exclaimed to her. I said, "You know, what did you say that?" She didn't see anything. So, uh, yeah, there's another weird out that happened. Yeah, that's super weird. That's um, that's a a light rod that you saw. Is that, is that what they call them? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of learnt about I learnt about the the light rods from uh, a gentleman called Damien Knott. And he he lives in rural New South Wales, and he, I believe he said he lives in in a little town called Dunedoo, and he alluded to the fact that there's potentially a, a lot of courts 
in the in the soil out there. So there's right. like a lot of a lot of mineral based rocks out there. Right. And he kind of and I, I might be really paraphrasing what he um what he said here, but he essentially said that that type of I guess elemental uh ground really lends itself to to these types of um unique situations happening. And I wonder if that's the the case with you because he's a gentleman who kind of is a magnet for this type of stuff. He sees orbs, he sees light rods, he sees light rods kind of go in the ground right next to him. The it's like these things just aren't really phased by him. And um, I wonder if like this is something similar to to what's going on at your place because that might be worth looking into. Is like. Do you know if the soil is full of minerals or anything like that? Well, there, there is some quartz around. There's not a lot of it. I mean, um, most of it's in the creek. Uh, we've got a creek that runs out of the national park, and um, it's it's mostly dry. It's only when it uh, it rains, um, it'll run for a few months. But during summer, it's dry, and um, you know, usually you can find some some quartz in in, in the creek, but. Um, does he does he put down the orbs and the minions to to quartz as well, or is that a different turnout? Uh, he, to be honest, I couldn't tell you exactly what he thinks of it, but I just thought it was a, a really interesting kind of thing that he pointed out because if you've got that type of, I guess, conductor in the ground, I wonder yeah. if that's what attracts these types of things. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, like I said, there's not a lot of quartz. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't think so because um, um, it's, it's mostly just just rock. It's very rocky ground around here, and um, it's sort of like a bit of topsoil on top of a rock shelf. And there's only little bits of quartz around. There's not a lot of quartz around. There's a lot of limestone and um, stuff like that, but there's not quartz because it was all an inland sea here at one stage. You know, back in Gondwana land, it was all inland sea out here. So, uh, yeah, we got a fossil that we found across the road that's, I think it's 230 million years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fish's tail. I sent it off to, I sent photos and everything off to Bathurst Fisheries uh, Museum where they uh, study all that stuff. And they said, yeah, yeah, it's a fish's tail from... 230 million years ago, so that's quite... But that, that's in limestone, so... And I've done a, a bit of trenching around the place and had to go through limestone, so I know that there's limestone and a little bit of quartz, but not much, you know. Yeah, it's... um, It might be worth having a chat with Damien. I know he's fairly open about this type of stuff, and, you know, he, he just kind of has that little bit more insight into that kind of world of, of you know, orbs and, and light rods and kind of just unusual light phenomena. Yeah, well, this was really weird, and I'd, I've never seen it ever before anywhere, and um, I've never seen it uh, since. It was just that one-off. It just come out of nowhere. It was amazing. What do you think it is? Like, why do you think they're there? Do you think it's Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Is it kind of something in the middle? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm just curious about the whole lot, you know. I mean, the, the National Park... Um, it's, it's a magnificent national park. It's well-renowned for bird watching, And um, I've done a little bit of research on it. And uh, 
Indigenous folk didn't come out here much, from what I can gather, because they didn't have to. Everything that they needed was by the Lachlan River. So there's um, there's no stone tools or paintings or sacred sites or anything up here. It's all it's all been quite um, quite left alone, really, and intact. You know, I, I think um, the loggers came through here in the 1800s, and that was about it. You know, but um, the the first time the orb turned up when I heard the the possible Yowie call was the first time that there'd been water in the creek for about five years. So I don't know if that had had anything to do with it. Oh, right. That is interesting. And the, the nearest uh, sighting to me um, has been um, just out of the next town down, which is Grenfell. And uh, there was a sighting there of one crossing the road and there's been a couple at Bathurst, which is an hour and a half away, and there was quite a famous one in the late 1800s at Wangla Dam. So uh, it's not like it's unheard of that they're around the area. It's just that I haven't been able to track down any clever men to find out, you know, if they've uh, got a name for this one or anything, you know. Yeah, I hear a lot of weird activity happens around uh, the Bathurst region, and I didn't realise you were so close to it because there's a there's a funny little town out that way called Hill End, and that just seems to be this kind of little paranormal hotspot at the moment. Yeah, Hill End's more towards Mudgee. I used to go bow hunting out around Hill End, and um, yeah, it's um, it's a very interesting place indeed, especially like. The Chinese used to get in there and go do, do the gold mining. There's old old Chinese graves and stuff out in the bush out there. When you come across them, it's quite weird, yeah. Yeah, it, it seems to be this like little funny corridor through that area of just weird, unusual activity that, honestly, just really can't be explained if, if it's Yowie, if it's paranormal, if it's, you know, if there's some something else causing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Hillen's got a feel all of its own. It really does. It's a it's, it's a strange little place. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I like it. It's one of those places I really do want to visit because, you know that that whole that whole part of Australia just seems to be so rich in this. I don't know if there's an untold history going on there, but I don't know. There's there's just something weird going on, and I think there's I think there's a story to be told around that region. Well, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of indigenous living around that area too, you know. And I mean, it's quite rugged. It's very, very hilly and very, very rocky, you know. So um, a lot of it, uh, people just don't bother with because there's not much there but trees and rocks, you know. And it's very steep in places, you know. So there's plenty of wilderness out there where a hairy man can hide. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's uh, it's a place that probably has a lot to tell, but with your with your encounters and your property, do you find that activity peaks up when you're paying attention more to it, or is it something that just kind of comes and goes? Like, there's no, no rhyme or reason to it. No, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like with the UFOs. I haven't seen anything since May, and then I walked out there about a week ago, 10 days ago, and I saw the most amazing UFO thing. Do you want me to tell you about that one? Of course I do, mate. I have been hanging on to, to hear this because the, the email you wrote me was amazing I, and I need you to tell the people. Right, okay. Well, this this, this really blew my little brain, hey? 
I um I went out there just to relieve myself, and I haven't seen anything since May. No flashing lights, no red orbs, nothing like that. It's been dead quiet. So anyway, I go out there and I'm doing a wee, and I'm looking up, and there it is. He's there. So I was in a bad, just the blinking light. And I was in a bit of a bad spot. I was under a tree, and it was sort of like taking a bit of the vision away. So I walked out into the middle of the driveway. And I was standing there, and I was looking up, and sure enough, there he was. He was blinking away, and he was, he, he, he was, it was a really bright blink. There was no denying him. And then he moved, and he blinked again in this other spot. And people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, yeah, bullshit, mate, you know. But in my head, I was saying to, saying, because it, it was almost comforting to have him back, you know, because, you know, I, I got so used to them. It was almost, almost comforting to have him back. And I, just in my head, I said to him, G'day, fellas, how you been? Where have you been? I said, are you going to show me anything different this time? And the second I said that in my head, a light, a, a, a beam of light, just like, like a tube light, uh, like a fluoro tube light, it just blinked. It was that quick. It went from where the blinking light was the last time it blinked to where the blinking light was the first time it blinked. And it blinked so bright, and in the middle of it, I, it's pretty hard to tell because it was so quick, but it looked like a little black square was in this beam of light that went from where one blink was to where the other blink was. If you're looking up in the sky, it was probably two and a half inches long, which is quite a distance up in the sky, but it absolutely floored me. I could not believe it. You know, that's not the first time I've heard on this podcast that someone's seen a cube in like a, a form of light. Well, apparently, yeah, yeah, I, you know... Uh, apparently, it's quite common with the with the jet fighter pilots. They see cubes in beach balls and stuff, and um, and like that that cube I saw in the translucent bubble uh, on the first podcast. Uh, you know, out in the western sky with the night vision. So I don't know whether it's whether it's common or whether I, I just don't know. <laughs> I really just don't know. But it it happened so quick. And it was so bright, um, and, and it made me think that maybe that the the blinking light is not one blinking light; it's two blinking lights that are not moving around it. So, you're sending something from one to the other, or anything like that, you know, it's it's were they transporting something? I don't know. This is just what. It sort of looked like it sort of looked like they were shooting something from one blinking light to the other blinking light. It was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, right. So you thought there was some kind of at least communication going on between these two, these two yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah. Because where I'd seen it blink the first time, and then it it moved across, and then it blinked the second time. Where it blinked the first time and the second time, the beam of light went in between those two spots. So maybe it's not one blinking light moving around, maybe it's two blinking lights just blinking at different times, you know? So you saw like an actual beam of light go from one to the other? Yes, yeah. 
I have to say, yeah, it was, uh, and right after in my head, I'd said, are you going to show me anything different this time? As soon as I'd finished that sentence in my head, boom, it happened. It was amazing. Whoa. That's well, incredible. Yeah, I know people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, yeah, bullshit, mate, you're talking it up, you're talking it up, but that's exactly how it went down, mate. I'm, you know, you know that's, that, that's what happened. And, um, like, I've just finished reading Ross Coulthard's book, um, In Plain Sight, and um, there was an intelligence report that um, mentioned how they come into the atmosphere disguised as shooting stars and how they disguise themselves as stars as well. Now, that would explain the star that I saw that disappeared you know, in the first podcast, there was a star there one night, a star there the second night, then the star wasn't there the third night, so that would explain that. And I've noticed, and I've always just put it down to shooting stars, but whenever there are these blinking lights, there always seems to be an extraordinary amount of shooting stars behind them. Now, I don't know if it's coincidence, if I'm reading too much into it, or if it's just shooting stars, I don't know. I just thought it it might be worth uh, mentioning. But what I did say when this this also blew me out, what I did say, after the beam of light, I stood there for a good 10 minutes because I wanted more. I wanted, you know, I wanted more action. But everything had stopped. Nothing. There was, there was no blinking lights. There was nothing. Everything had stopped after that beam of light. But what I did see... And the first time I saw it, I didn't think I'd seen it. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. But the second time I saw it, it was like a shooting star going from the left to the right and, like, not travelling very far before disappearing. It was just, like, hypersonic fast. And I thought, oh, I must little shooting star, you know. But And then it wasn't until I saw the second one from exactly the same trajectory, coming out of exactly the same spot, did I think, whoa, there might be something to that, you know, because two of them, you know, one after the other in the space of about five or ten seconds maybe, just boom. And I thought the first one, like, they happened so fast that, you know, you think, oh, did I see that or didn't I see that? And it wasn't until I saw the second one did I realise that I had seen the first one, you know, and they were both from exactly the same spot and both going in the same direction from west to east. Yeah, that's that's really, really odd because, I mean, you know, nature is as random as it gets and for, for you to see the same thing happen in the same spot literally seconds after each other is, uh, look, it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I reckon it's a, it's a pretty rare chance that that would happen exactly like that. And and, and the thing was, they were they, they were both exactly the same. They were exactly the same um, brightness, um, size, speed, everything. They were just like boom, boom, blink of an eye. They were they were they were super fast, you know. Yeah, it really makes you think what's going on up there, doesn't it? Oh, mate, I tell you, I was, like I said, it was it was good to have them back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever give you the, the heebie-jeebies to, to think like there's, you know, little weird things flying above your place? Not really. I mean, like, I don't think, you know, I think it was just a coincidence that the beam of light sort of 
sort of happened after I'd finished the sentence in my head, are you going to show me anything different this time? I think that was probably a coincidence, but, you know, there's a small part of me that thinks, you know, maybe there's a chance it's not, you know, because uh, for some reason I've, I felt really, I felt really calm and comfortable when they turned up again, you know. Have you ever tried to communicate with these things before, before that, that point in time? Well, I had. I, I tried the CE5, you know, when um, I sat out there for two weeks watching Space Junk and everything like that. And I tried the CE5, but I didn't get any good there, but I had the most vivid, real dream during that period that um, I can still remember to this day. It wasn't a very nice dream, but it was a dream that involved an alien, and I don't know if it's got anything to do with that or just my my imagination. I really don't. Yeah, it's because that was actually where I was going to kind of lead the conversation is to to see if you've ever ventured down the the CE five path. It's it's something that look, I I don't buy entirely into it, but I know people uh, personally very well who seem to have incredible experiences with it and. Yeah, I feel like you would almost be like one of the the prime candidates for for looking into it in a in a more serious sense. Yeah, well, I gave it a good go. I mean, um, I used to meditate when I was a teenager, and I got pretty good at it. And so, uh, it wasn't much of a stretch for me to to start meditating about it or and everything like that. But and but like I said, um, it was a pretty weird dream and it was very very real and like i dream all the time but nothing like this you know it was it, it, it was different you know it really was a different dream yeah 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 it's super interesting and i don't know have you have you ever considered looking into it again i have after after seeing the beam of light i thought you know it, it, it's crossed my mind for sure you know I thought, you know, if they are sort of like messing with me, it'd be good to sort of like find out why. Yeah, yeah, it or, is. Or, or try to find out why anyway, yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it, I, I, I sometimes really like to lean into the woo side of things. And, you know, I, I've been, like I said, I, I've spoken to, to close friends who seem to have fairly good encounters with the, the C5 type of stuff. And, um, you know, they, they believe it hands down 100%. Like it, it works, it's real. And, you know, they, they believe that they're, they're having genuine contact with, you know, I, I won't say beings, but, you know, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm not writing it off. Otherwise, I wouldn't have tried it the first time, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll, um, I might look into it some more for sure, I think. Watch a few YouTube videos, sort of hype myself up for it, you know. Yeah, it might be worth looking on um on Facebook or even in, in the in the Believe Facebook group. Um because there there's a lot of members in there who, who seem quite interested in that type of stuff and you know, they, they you may just find someone who's, you know, in your area that you can potentially travel to, depending on, you know, of course the, the restrictions that are in place at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you know, they, they might be able to kind of help you out or point you in the in the right direction, so to say. Yeah, yeah, not a bad idea. I'm not you know, I'm not averse to uh, delving into the woo either. But yeah, I think it's I think it's something that's 
really interesting. I think you've got a, a unique property on your hands there, Neil. And who knows, you, you might just be holding some CE5 parties in the future and uh, breaking the, the case wide open, so to say. <laughs> it, would be, it would be wild. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.